Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Vavil UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Time Warp. You're probably thinking, where is Aaron? Unfortunately, he cannot be with us this week. But my name's Harry Roy, I will be your host for today, and I'm joined by Newcastle United office writer, Dan Wright. Today we will be addressing the last three games. It's been a while since we have recorded a podcast. Apologies for that, we've all been busy with work and university. But in a quick summary, it's been three games where it is typical Newcastle United. One win, one draw and one defeat. It all started very well, a, a 2-1 victory over West Brom, a midweek game where we were thumped against Leeds United, which kind of brought us back down to earth after a good victory, and then a really, really disappointing draw with Fulham at the weekend, which kind of has, has put the pressure back on Steve Bruce as head coach. A lot of other things going on off the pitch as well. We've got a cup quarterfinals on the horizon for tomorrow. We've got a huge game against Manchester City on Boxing Day, but... We're going to strip it all back, and Dan, I just want to get your take on those on those last three games where we've not been on to, to kind of talk about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Really. Um, well, you talk about typical Newcastle United. It was yeah. sort of typical of my luck that the only one I wasn't able to see was the West Brom game, <laughs> which we won. Um, but I think the mood that I gathered from speaking to my mates, speaking to you lot in the in the Vavil chat, and yeah. seeing what social media was saying, was that it was quite a Poor game football, uh, typically Newcastle performance, mm-hmm. but we'd just come back from a COVID layoff and the feeling was, you, you know what, well done for getting the three points in what could have been a very difficult situation for the lads. So that's the positives out of the way. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I couldn't watch it. So I was like, 
good, great header from Dwight Gale. That, that was, was positive. Hit. Yeah, the assist from yeah, Jacob, Jacob Murphy as well Murphy, was, yeah. was outstanding. But that game was a was a was an odd one. I mean, the the after effects of COVID were very evident, yeah. and they still are now. I mean, Isaac mm-hmm. Hayden, you know, is a is a stalwart in our side week in week out. He's still a, you know affected by it. I was you no, know, I was really really proud of the players. The performance, you know, as usual, it wasn't fantastic, but we got the job done. That's all that matters. So, you know, we had a good win against West Brom. You know, we're getting some more players back from the virus. Fernandez yeah. returned. And then we got thumped by Leeds, which I think we all knew was coming, didn't we, really? Yeah, we deserved it as well. I think the first, was it the first sort of five minutes, Newcastle looked like they were going to start on the front foot? Yeah, we looked brilliant. I thought in the first five minutes, I was watching the game with my dad, like I always do, and we were mm-hmm. brilliant in the first five minutes. And I was going, you know, this is, this is great. Keep this going all game. Yeah. But what Leeds are very good at is their, you know, their intensity. They're on yeah. you all the time, and they're the last team you want to face after a after a COVID outbreak. Yeah, and the fitness point. showed. The fitness showed in that last ten minutes where we just, you know, completely bottled it. The yeah. penalty decision, you know, Callum Wilson was was fouled in the box by Liam Cooper. I thought it was very clear that that was a penalty. Nothing yeah, given by VAR. You know that can change the, the course of a game. I mean, we deserve to lose. You know, it's not beat around the bush here. We deserve to lose yeah. the game, but that. Match could have been totally different if we got that penalty. Was the penalty was that one one or were we losing two one? Uh, I want to say that was at one one. Yeah, one one. Yeah. So that, that there's no argument in my opinion. He's gone through the man before he's got to the ball. That's that's yeah. a still more penalty in my opinion. Um, we know we all know how good Callum Wilson is from twelve yards. Yeah. If if that puts us two one up. In my opinion, we wouldn't have gone on to win the game. But no, I wouldn't it, have. It, like you say, it changes the dynamic completely. We might have got a point, or if Leeds are going even more attacking, there's a chance we could have hit them on the break. I don't want to like give them an excuse, no, because they were awful. But that did that that I'm I'm still amazed that didn't get overturned. Like, what is what have they looked at in VAR? Well, I don't understand. Like, this is why we brought VAR into the game to kind of yeah get rid of the whole farcical decisions. I mean, it was clearly a penalty. He's gone through the back of him. Yeah. The funny thing about it was that, you know, we didn't get a penalty midweek against Leeds. It was a stonewaller. Yeah. Then we got one against Fulham, which was, you know, first soft. of all, it looked like it was on the edge of the box. And yeah, mm-hmm. and second of all, it was soft as well. So it's hard It's hard to really say whether that would have changed the game. But certainly if Newcastle are 2-1 up, you know, we're all right defensively. Leeds have conceded more goals than any other team in the league this season. Just just uh-huh. thumped off Man United at the weekend, which you know didn't help yep. their didn't help their case. But you know Newcastle did look a threat on the break. I mean, even Jeff Hendrick got a goal against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think I was just like berating the choice of playing them, and then I don't think I put it anywhere publicly, like Twitter or anything. No, but um, <laughs> that that surprised me. He still didn't do enough, in my opinion, in the game. But it was a nice finish from the lad. I was happy for him. I mean, we all want we all want the players to do well. I mean, it's kind of misconstrued up here that we all want you know we yeah. all want Joel to do rubbish. We all want Jeff Hendrick <laughs> to do what rubbish. It's not yeah. the case. Definitely. You know what we ask for is effort week in week out. And unfortunately for Hendrick, I've just not really seen anything where I can turn around and say he's had a good game. West Ham in the opening yeah. day is probably the the only time he's got a great goal, but he's he's not really brought anything to the side. I don't think he's you know no. every time I've seen him play, he just. Passes the ball sideways. He's not exactly yeah. quick. I'm trying not to slate him too much here. Yeah, exactly. He's clearly, he's clearly an able footballer. You know, he's playing the yeah. Premier League side. He gets in the team. He's doing something correct. I think we just... Is it a confidence issue, maybe, with him? I don't know, but I've never seen a player that is there, but you don't know he's there. Yeah. 
like I, I think it's maybe harsh to question his effort because he, he he seems like a down to earth lad. He probably is trying his best, but it's just, there's just nothing there. Yeah. There's no forward pass. There's no enthusiasm going forward. There's just nothing. I mean, I think it doesn't help either that he's he's out on the right hand side. He moved here. I mean, he left Burnley. The whole dispute with Sean Dyche was he didn't want to play on the right wing. He's come here. I think everybody thought he was coming in to replace Nabil Bentaleb as a, a backup yeah. central midfielder. And he ended up starting on the right-hand side. The injuries and the COVID outbreak, of course, hasn't helped. But even on the opening day when we had a full squad available, he was he was starting on the right. So there's there's something in there that Steve Bruce likes. But I think from from a fan and as a as a, as a writer's perspective, I'm just we're just not seeing the best out of him at the minute. No. And he's he's had there's been times when he's had Almiron on the bench, yeah. and he's still gone for Hendrik out wide. It, it, you really just wonder what they're doing training. Like, can he not see that Almiron gives you more at both ends of the pitch? Well, yeah. Wide. I mean, he's probably looking at it from an opinion of that Hendrik's going to be a bit better defensively. He's going to put a bit more effort in and covering for yeah. Mankiw or whoever's at fullback. But Almiron's work ethic is probably one of the main reasons yeah. why he's playing in the top division in the world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, I love how we've gone off on a tangent having to go at Jeff Hendrick. I know, poor Very Jeff. Very Newcastle United. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we can we can turn it round on our game against Tuesday. But before we get to Tuesday's game, I think we ought to address Saturday's pitiful showing, should oh, we say. Man. A 1-1 yeah. draw against Fulham, a 10-man Fulham, should we say. Yeah. And Newcastle were very fortunate to come away with a point, weren't we? Very fortunate. That, that first half as a collective was just absolutely embarrassing before we even start to dissect the second half. <laughs> yeah. Fulham came here, who I think they're out the bottom three now, but they were right down there when they came to St. James's Park. Yep. And the, it honestly looked like it could have been Man City or Liverpool that absolutely ran rings around with. Oh, yeah, no bother. I think they had nearly, was it just short of 70% possession? I think they had 72% the possession in the, in the opening 45, 45 minutes. I mean... Fulham are an alright team. I think they're quite underrated. They've got some good results this season. You know, they've drew a Liverpool. They yeah. beat Leicester away. They're not a they're not a bad team. You know, there's no bad teams in this division, but they're eighteenth in the Premier League for a reason. Yeah. Newcastle are at home here. We're twelfth or thirteenth in the table. You know, mm-hmm. we're only we're only six points off off the top four, which is unbelievable yeah. to think. And we set up like an away side at St James's Park, playing against the Fulham. Fulham am, am I missing who? something? <laughs> Fulham, who must be, I think, after, are they second after Leeds and goals conceded? They'll be right up there. Anyway. Yeah, they've, well, I mean, they play three at the back, so, yeah. yeah. A team that's shipped a lot of goals this season, and we, you've got to ask questions of that, because Fulham's strengths, they've, like you said, they're not awful like some people are saying. They've got good a few good attacking players. So the one thing I would think is just let's, let's attack them. Yeah. So we exploit their weakness and let's not let their... Their one strong point have all the ball. It baffled me. Oh, well, it baffled me as well. But I thought it was very clear that the difference in the two sides were was the midfield. I thought yeah, Sean definitely. Longstaff had a, had a difficult game against Leeds. Probably, I think one of his worst performances in a Newcastle shirt. Unfortunately yeah, for him, probably the worst. If we're yeah, being honest. I mean their their midfield pairing. I thought Mario Lamina was outstanding in that game. Yeah, tortured us completely. Strong, yeah, he, was, he was really good. Pull himself about a, a perfect box to box midfielder, and, and similar for their other man on Gisa as well. They've got mm-hmm. two 
top centre mids that, w- that would walk into Newcastle's side. Do you know what else? They've got Ru- they brought Ruben Loftus cheek off the bench. He would absolutely walk into our starting eleven as another, well. It's another player, but you know, there's a reason why Newcastle don't have Ruben Loftus cheek on loan, and that is probably because he's on about 150,000 pound a week. Yeah. We're not willing to to pay. No. The wages, but just trying to dissect the game. It was another COVID-stricken side. Federico Fernandez, he, he went off at half-time. Fatigue issue there. You know, one good thing was Paul Dummett came back to the side, but he didn't look like yeah. he should have been should no, have been playing. He was he didn't he look fit. A, he looked off the pace. Um, there was one in, occasion in particular where he just got caught in a horribly wrong position. But it is a positive that he's back on the pitch. That he's he's back. So yeah. I guess that's, if we're looking really hard to find a positive, that's about as good as we're going to get, I think. Yeah, well, it's been nearly over a year since since Dummett's yeah. come back, so it was good to see him back on the pitch. One of our own, of course, so good mm-hmm. to have him back. But once again, it, it, the match as a whole kind of just showed to everybody and every Newcastle fan once again how important Callum Wilson is to this football club. <laughs> yes, it was a penalty. He still had to score it. That's eight goals now from 12 shots and targets. So my question is, Dan, where would we be without Callum Wilson? Bottom of the league? Where would we be without Callum Wilson? I think would be... would We We might have more than two. We might have won a yeah, game somewhere. 19th. Nicked yeah. a game, so I'll go 19th because of how bad Sheffield United have been. But it, like you said before, the point you sort of counted against, like, yeah, it was another penalty, but before Callum Wilson, I think we'd missed our last two penalties anyway. So that even having someone who yeah. can hit the ball home from 12 yards makes a massive difference. I mean, for Newcastle, we never used to get penalties, did we? I remember no. under Rafa, I don't think... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. our, our whole joke was, well, we have to be in the box to get a penalty, but we never used to yeah. get them until VAR. To be honest, if you, if you look at VAR as a whole since it's come in, Newcastle have not really been... had any unjust decisions or anything no. from VAR. No, and we've... Yeah. I feel like we've got, we've got a few unjust decisions that have benefited oh, us. Well, the Tottenham penalty, <laughs> first of oh, all. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The one uh, on, on Saturday, which, you know, if anyone didn't watch the game, I'm sure you did... Uh, Joachim Anderson for Fulham already on a yellow card Callum Wilson bearing down on goal the initial contact was outside the box Wilson's kind of you know as a natural striker has done he kind of ran up the box and then looked like he clipped him on the foot and went down I thought no matter what the decision was he had to go it was a second yellow card I didn't realise it was a second yellow card that's the first time that's the first time I've realised that (laughs) yeah he was was Um, was already on booking so he had to yeah. go, but whether it was a free kick, maybe. Yeah. But if he, if there was contact in the box, it, it, it's a penalty. The penalty was one of them, really, where if it's against you, you're fuming. Yeah. But if it's for you, you think, oh, Callum Wilson, he's been really clever there, hasn't he? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time that Newcastle players started playing the game a bit more, though. Because, yeah. I mean, every other team in the league does it. It's the way footballers are trained and coached now. As, as annoying mm-hmm. as it is to see people and see players going down quite cheaply. You don't win it unless you go down. The amount of times no. I've watched England play, where we've you know ran the ball in the box and they've come in with a challenge where they could have went down and got a penalty and been too honest and stayed mm-hmm. on their feet. It's come back to bite. We're late on in the match, so yeah. yes, it's it's bad for the sport as a whole. But from a personal perspective and from a selfish point of view, I'm very happy Wilson went down, and uh, I'm sure one man who will be very happy Callum Wilson went down and, and scored the penalty was Steve Bruce, who's seemingly got away with a another horrendous tactical display against yeah. Fulham. I'm not sure he has got away with it though because mm. I knew we'd been awful with on 60 minutes or 64 minutes when we were level. Yeah. But I was just sitting there thinking, well, we've we've got to like bombard them here because 10 against 10 men who have a poor defensive record 
there's no excuse not to win this game of football and no. we didn't even look like getting anywhere near the goal. No, we got annihilated all game. Fulham yeah. fully deserved to win that game. I think we had I think we did have more shots on on goal in the end, but yeah, to be honest, we had you're playing against shot than them. you're playing against ten men for half an hour, and Newcastle didn't even muster a single shot on target. I can't imagine there is many teams in football ever that are playing against ten men and couldn't get a single shot on goal. No, it it baffled me as well. Bringing Ryan Fraser on, yes, I fully understand that. Let's get some pace on it and get at the defenders. Mm-hmm. But the whole game plan of crossing the ball into the box every single time. Fulham are a championship side. It's their bread and butter of heading the ball away. Yeah. Why don't we? You know, we've got some good technical players on that pitch. Let's go through the middle, make some space, like we've done against Crystal Palace, where Joe Linton and and Wilson linked up for them two goals. I don't know what you feel on the situation. I'm sure you you feel the same as me. If we need to start playing a bit more through the middle, well, you'll get no arguments from me on that one. I think, like you were saying, for the 25, well, it was half an hour of stoppage time that we were just lumping balls in, which didn't work. And then the one time when I was getting us to lump the ball in, we had a free kick in, I think, the 96th minute. And we played it short a few times until the referee blew his full-time whistle. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you know this time's up. Get the ball in. It, that really, really wound me up, that. Imagine if fans were for that. Because that, w- oh that wouldn't have washed with God. the supporters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I went to a few games at St James's Park last year and the atmosphere was, was hostile, in particular for the Burnley 0-0 game where... Both yeah. teams seemed very happy just to get a point mm-hmm. and go home. And it was the same yeah. there. I mean, Scott Parker came out in his interview after the game and said, well, we're the better side, we deserve to win, but we'll take a point. And, you know, we come out and said we're disappointed, but at the end of the day, it kind of epitomised at the end of the match when we're kind of time-wasting, really, just to run the clock down and yeah. get a draw. I understand we've had a number of games in this past few weeks, so we've had a COVID outbreak, but a lot to deal with. But come on, just lump the ball yeah. up high. You're going to create something against 10 men. I think you're right, like, we have had issues, we all know that, but I think it got to a point where it was that bad, where that can't be an excuse for what we've seen on Saturday. No, I mean, it's not just um, the first time we've had a performance like that, though, was it? It's every week, oh, it yeah. seems, and I think it was Lee Ryder put it in the Chronicle a few weeks ago, is if Newcastle United win, they're lucky, Yeah. if they lose, they deserve to lose and they were terrible, and it was the same yeah. again, where I've come away from a draw against Fulham, and I wasn't overly disheartened because we've come away with a point from a game where we were second best for 80% of the game. The last two games, I don't know what you've thought, but I think it's the first time where the fans have properly seemed to have turned on Bruce. Yeah. Just from what I've seen on social media. And it it just feels like it's toxic without actually having a chance to be toxic because of the COVID. But I just think that he's lost any small support he had because it's just not acceptable anymore. No, I think there's been murmurs for a for a number of months. Oh, there's definitely say. been murmurs. Even from last year, there was mm-hmm. people unhappy with Steve Bruce. Understandably, it's a very difficult job. He's replacing yeah. Rafa. You know, no one's expecting Steve Bruce to be Rafa Benitez. I know a lot of the pundits will tell us that he's doing a better job. I can confirm. Dan can confirm with you now. Steve <laughs> Bruce is not doing a better job than Rafa Benitez. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, he's got a much better team, but we'll we'll not discuss that now. You know, we're we're talking about yeah <laughs> about the game. We're talking about himself as a manager, but usually with with Bruce in Newcastle, it's very similar to Alan Pardew back in the day. Of we'd go yeah. through a run of bad games, everyone would kick off and then would win a game, and everyone's off his back. Everyone shuts up. He shuts the fans up because he's got a result. It's been a while since we've got a result. And yeah. it kind of moves us on perfectly. We've got another two games this week. The busy schedule continues. 
and a game which I wish we had some supporters at tomorrow night, the Carabao Cup quarter-final down in West London. It's Brentford versus Newcastle, a very able championship side in Brentford before um, enjoying our Christmas day on the Friday, of course, and then a an mm-hmm. awful, awful game against Manchester City away at the Etihad on Boxing Day, which I'm sure we're definitely going to lose by five or six yeah. goals. But <laughs> let's strip it back down. Brentford, what are you expecting from that game? Oh, this is... Make no mistake, I think this is the biggest game of our season by far. And I'm, I'm, I'm in mind expecting, I know that we're going to be poor. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to be defensive against the team in the championship. And I, I, I don't know what else to say, really, because we all know what's coming. Yeah. We all know Brentford are a side that plays really quite good football. They try to get on the front foot. And I suppose our hope is that the championship players they've got won't find the quality and we might be able to nick it. That's about the uh, most positivity I think you'll get out of me. It's a difficult game to try to work out what's going to go on because once again, you don't know what Newcastle side are going to turn up. I'm hoping mm-hmm. it's going to be the Newcastle side with a bit between their teeth, a frustrated team, a team that's recovered physically, yeah. is, is ready to go. I'm hoping it's going to, but you're playing a very, very able championship team in, in Brentford and they're a side that you can kind of compare to Brighton and Leeds mm-hmm. in Middlesbrough sides in years back of teams that are ready to get promoted to the Premier League, yeah. where they miss out on promotion very close every single year, mm-hmm. just about get there. And once they do go up, they've got a very, very solid side. One positive for us, side Ben Rama, no longer a Brentford player, would cause us a lot of problems. But mm-hmm. one man, I'm sure, will will take the headlines and will want <laughs> the headlines. You know I'm going to say it. It's Ivan Tony. I always yep. thought it was the right player at the wrong time for us. I don't know whether you're yeah. on the same in agreement with me there. Um on Ivan Tony, I personally which I think I've I'll admit I've been proven wrong. I thought i I thought he'd never make it at that level. In the limited yeah, times he's on the pitch he looked very weak, very lightweight. But fair play to him, the way he scored goals in League One and the championship, you've got to say that the Premier League's definitely the next step for him. And if I can just say one more thing before you said we don't know what Newcastle team will turn up and we might not know what to expect. I actually disagree with that because we haven't seen the Newcastle side that's got a bit between the teeth, no, like you said, in months or so. And I think I know what Newcastle team's going to turn up and I don't like <laughs> it. Do you think there's a lot of issues off the pitch that's kind of. Because we've heard rumours, we'll yeah. get onto the rumours that involve Jamal LaSalle's and St Maximum, and they aren't true. Of, Fallen's out yeah. with Steve Bruce, but do you think there is a bit of frustration? Uh, there's got to be from the players of, of playing this negative, negative football yeah. with it with a team that's a, a top ten Premier League side in my eyes. Yeah, definitely around that in terms of players that we've got. Um, I think I would imagine there is some sort of frustration. There's got to be. You don't play football like that if you're not frustrated by, by something. No, I don't care who the manager is. Obviously, the Saint Maximin. The sales thing is proven to be not true, and I wish them a rec- speedy recovery with whatever they're suffering from. It always seems to be Saint Maximin the pick on who's apparently had a falling out with Bruce, and I'm, it's a it's a weird one that. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll touch on it for people who aren't familiar with with what's gone on over the the past few days, or should we say, really today, obviously. Yeah. We've had a number of players out with with the coronavirus, Steve Bruce, and rightfully so. He's not disclosing the players mm-hmm. in, in the yeah. press conferences. He's not saying who's got COVID, who's not got COVID, who's injured. It's fully down to the players and we've not heard anything. We know Jamal Sells and St Maximin have been out. 
um, for a number of for a number of weeks. There was a I think come from a, a podcast. It was a BBC Sports reporter. He, he kind of turned around and said he's heard a rumor of of St. Maximin's refusing to play, and he's fallen out with Steve Bruce, and he's he's in France. And the club have had to come out and, and deny it and kind of wave the anonymity of of the sales in St. Maximin. Yeah. Said there is no bust up. There's no issues with with anything and anyone. It's they've they've got long term long term COVID, which I think Paul Pogba had it as well, where it does yeah. take a while to recover. You know this this virus affects. Seems to affect athletes in different ways. Look at Lewis mm-hmm. Hamilton, one of the fittest athletes on the planet. He struggled, lost four kilos while he had it. So we do, you know, I extend my condolences and best wishes to Lascelles and Sip Maximum. But it kind of just highlights once again, there's there's something not right off the pitch because it, you know, f- for a number of years under Benitez, you watch those players and you knew, you know, we were told week in week out we're a championship side, they're a championship yeah. team, but they cared. They yeah. give everything for the club and epitomise that game against Leicester. Everyone's seen this where we're <laughs> flying in with tackles, left, right and centre. That's what this football club means. That's what it's yeah, all it about. And we've not seen enough of that on the pitch. No, we haven't. And that Leicester clip, it was the best moments I've had following Newcastle away and we didn't even score a goal. It yeah. was just <laughs> the cheers getting louder every time a big sliding tackle got in. It In no other country, maybe even no other team in England, did you <laughs> see that sort of reaction? No. I feel like last season, everything that came out was the players love playing for Bruce, and he's you know he's he's sort of like a father figure to them sort of thing. Yeah. But recently, I just not not in terms of what they're saying, but in the performances, they don't look like they're playing for him. In my opinion, there's a lot of laziness on that pitch. Yeah. There's a lot of players not putting putting in a hundred percent. One man you can't accuse of that is, is Matt Ritchie, and <laughs> I know a lot of a lot of Newcastle fans don't like Richie and, and you know want him sold and this and that yeah. and say he's not good enough I think we're all in unison here that Matt Ritchie is not the best footballer no. at Newcastle United but he'll give you all for you and that's exactly the players that we want and we yeah. need at this time I can absolutely see why fans would say oh well we should have moved Matt Ritchie on by now because in the grand schemes of things maybe we should have done yeah, in terms maybe. of developing the squad year on year after getting promoted but if I'd, I'd have him in my team most weeks with the current crop we've got because he guarantees Same. 100% from him. And there's no doubt in my mind that he puts absolutely everything out there. And if I had more players like him with a bit more ability, that would be fantastic. Would you start him tomorrow night then? <sighs> That's a question. Because um, I would. I would. I would. I think if he start, it might be in a deeper role because Jamal Lewis is on a horrible run of form. Yeah, he struggles, Dummett, isn't he? I don't think Dummett will play twice in such a short time. No. So I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen him in a left-back or a left-wing-back sort of role. Going forward, I think, yeah, he could. I, I'd always go for an Allen run over him. Yeah, I'd agree. Or so, But yeah, I think he'll play in a deeper role. That's what I would do. Before we went on this podcast, I kind of turned around and said I wasn't overly bothered about the game tomorrow, but yeah. the way, the way you've spoke about this, to me, I'm, I'm a lot more up for it, should we say. It's a match where, you know, we're playing a championship side. We should mm-hmm. be winning. We should be winning this game tomorrow. There's no excuses. Yeah. Thomas Frank, the, the Brentford manager, he's kind of put it on Newcastle and said they're the big favourites to, to come yeah. here and win, but they're a very capable side, Brentford. They were very unlucky not to get promoted last year. It's it's going to be a difficult game, so I'd like to get your mm-hmm. prediction for tomorrow night's game. God, um, I'll I'll be a bit positive, and I think we'll nick it two one in a game that will have forty percent possession. <laughs> I'm going to go with three two Newcastle. I think it's going to be very similar to the West Brom game in the FA Cup oh, last year, too. where 
the quality will override it. We'll might go mm-hmm. two or three nil up, and then we'll bottle it near the end, and we'll do all have a yeah have a heart attack near the end of the match and and, and panic our way to a victory. Okay. But I do think we'll win them all. Yeah. Another thing, just about the whole the cup thing and why I think it's such a huge game is because if we win this, which we should be beating any championship team, we'd not necessarily have the right to, but we should. Yeah. We're in a, we're in a semi final and anything can happen in a cup match even if we've got the likes of man city yeah a, a player could get sent off in the first 5 minutes a player could you know there could be any sort of things that could happen a lucky goal take the fa cup quarter final behind closed doors against man city newcastle were absolutely horrendous yeah. but at 1-0 down dwight gale had an absolute sitter so if he scored matches. that it would have gone 1-1 I fully agree with you on that, and especially with the, I think with the League Cup this year. Don't quote me on this. I believe I don't think because the semi-finals traditionally used to be over two legs. You play yeah. a home and an away game. I don't think they're doing that this year. I think it's just one no, you're, game. You're right. It is one leg. So you've got a chance, and especially this season, because a lot of the games are like training matches. If yeah. Any gambler out there, I bet you've struggled to win any games except the poor bloke last night that cashed out oh for two thousand pound on his <sighs> bet. So if you've not seen this. <laughs> Somebody had a two-fold accumulator, so two sides to win. He had Liverpool to beat Crystal Palace 7-0, which was 200-1. Yeah. Then he had Man United to beat Leeds 6-2. <laughs> so he's, he's guessed them both correctly. He's got a £40,000 return, and the bloke oh. cashed out for £2,000. Oh, you would be sick this morning. Absolutely oh, sick. There's, there's no way you can like, gloss that up either. Because it was no. funny, because I watched the last 10 minutes of that game, and... How the hell Manchester United or Leeds did not score another goal in that <laughs> game? It was brilliant, but off tangent, I can guarantee you, Newcastle and Brentford tomorrow will not be a six-two or a seven-nil. A seven-nil away win would be canny. It would be lovely. Well, we did do it against <laughs> against Morecambe, didn't we? It's, it's yeah. A seven-nil, but one game I can pretty much guarantee will be a seven-nil is the game on Boxing Day away at the Etihad to Manchester yeah. City. It's just a game you just don't want no. to ever happen or ever come across regardless of where City are in the league and yes they've had a bit of a poor start they're straight above us they've got a fantastic yeah. record against us I would love to see the goal difference between Man City and Newcastle <laughs> for the last five years yeah. you imagine so yeah. oh. Dan what do, you, what do you think for that game you, we're not going to get anything from that are we no not a chance um, Man City are, are due a thrashing and yeah. we will happily step in and take it <laughs> yeah I think if we beat Brentford then I don't think anyone will be Anyone will get too bothered if we get thrashed. If we no. get knocked out the cup and then ship five or six against Man City, I really fear that things could get toxic very quickly. I mean, especially when you look at the, the past few games. I mean, West Brom, yes, we won and COVID and stuff. We didn't play overly great. Then no. Leeds were horrendous. Fulham were awful and very lucky to get a point. If we mm-hmm. lose to Brentford, you're going to lose to Man City. That's Just, just accept it. It's going to happen. Yeah. But I don't think Bruce will ever get sacked. Newcastle. No, I think that, his, that his job is, is pretty much untouchable. I think he's got Jurgen Klopp level of untouchable, which is unbelievable. Unless the club changes hands, which there's no evidence that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, it sounds like that's going to be that's going to be next season. Nick DeMarco's tweet. If he puts any more cryptic messages about bread yeah. <laughs> or the sea yeah. or anything, he's, he's had me on strings for the past like two or three months. Oh, same. So same. we're living hope. Hopefully, Nick can, <laughs> can seal the deal for us. But got your prediction for the Brentford game. I'm going to get you, well, going to have to. Unfortunately, yeah. get your prediction for the Man City game. I'll be equally optimistic for this one and say we'll only lose 5 0. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give us a goal. I'm going to say 6 1 to Man City and we'll go 1 0 up. Oh, we've seen that before. We have. 
Aguero, <laughs> got scored about five in ten minutes or something daft yeah, like that. Yeah, well, I think he's just got back to full fitness, hasn't he? So he loves a goal oh, against he, Newcastle. He so. loves a goal against Newcastle. Yeah, I think he's got more goals against Newcastle than than any other team. Which I'm sure for any elite Premier League striker, that's the case. Wayne Rooney had more goals against Newcastle. Yeah, any other player. Cristiano Ronaldo had an unbelievable record against Newcastle, <laughs> and obviously, you know, Sergio Aguero is is another one. But this has been Time Warp, brought to you by Vavil UK. Please make sure you check out the website for our comprehensive coverage of Newcastle United, as well as the Premier League and EFL. I think this is our last podcast before the 25th, so I do hope that everybody has a great Christmas and stays safe, and hopefully Newcastle United don't ruin it too much for you <laughs> on the pitch this week. But thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you all next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.